0: Welcome to Wrestling Highlights of the Week from My Two Cents Podcast. I'm going to be giving you highlights and results from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. And I'm also going to be extending my hand out to New Japan because they had an event on Monday and Tuesday. But I'm only going to give you the two biggest highlights that came out of that event. So let's get on with the show. On Monday Night Raw, the results were... AJ Styles and almost beating the New Day to retain those raw tag team titles. Elias and Ra- Jason Reichard were defeated by Matt Riddle and Randy Orton later in the night. Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce had a stare down to increase and heighten up their little rivalry that they're having because Sonya Deville is doing backstage manipulative things. That Adam Pearce isn't liking, as in on this episode of Monday Night Raw, whenever Charlotte defeated Dana Brooke, and after the match, Charlotte requested Sonya Deville to come down to the ring. Sonya Deville came down to the ring, and Charlotte was grilling Sonya on why she was not added to the Women's Raw Championship match at WrestleMania Backlash. Because at WrestleMania Backlash, it was supposed to be Rhea Ripley versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte handed down her gripes to Sonya Deville. She questioned her and said, it's not my fault that I'm the best women's wrestler. It's not my fault that I got pulled off of WrestleMania. It's not my fault for none of these things. But when you add my name, Flair, to the match card, that heightens and gives that pay-per-view more credibility. As a matter of fact, that gives that match more credibility. So, with all that being taken under consideration, Sonya Deville added Charlotte to the match. So, at WrestleMania Backlash, it will be Charlotte going against Rhea Ripley, going against Asuka in a women's triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. Also, later in the night, you had Humberto attacking... Well, Humberto got attacked by Sheamus backstage, because Sheamus did not want Humberto to yet again try to apply for his open challenge later in the night. And later in the night, Sheamus did go against a new signee for, well, the main roster on Raw, a guy named Mansoor. Mansoor was an NXT wrestler who then got transferred over to 205 Live. And 205 Live is a show on WWE Network, which is on Peacock. And that highlights all the cruiserweights since the cruiserweight title is on NXT. And you only get a rarity of uh, wrestlers that will compete for that cruiserweight title. But the 205 show gives you just to highlight all these other cruiserweights they didn't get to see. Anyway, getting back to my point. Mansoor signed a contract on the main roster. So now he's on the main roster. And Sheamus gave him an opportunity to... go against him but not for his united states title and the result of that match was uh sheamus ends up winning the match but by dq because humberto ends up attacking sheamus but sheamus ends up getting the upper hand he lays out humberto with a bro kick and he lays out mansoor with a bro kick so your final picture of that match was sheamus holding up the united states championship and a laid-out Humberto Carrillo and Mansoor in the ring. Damian Priest beat John Morrison by pinfall. They're continuing the Damian Priest and Miz storyline. They should already end it. Bad Bunny is gone, and let me explain why I say Bad Bunny. Damian Priest was protecting Bad Bunny while Bad Bunny was in WWE from uh, the Royal Rumble all the way to... Wrestlemania. We have now been a month since Wrestlemania, so now Bad Bunny's been gone from WWE for about a month, and we're still continuing the storyline that Damian Priest and The Miz and John Morrison are all having right now. This should end. It's time for The Miz to go on and do something else. Him and Morrison probably go after the tag team titles, maybe, just saying, or something else, but it's time for Damian Priest to elevate his stardom and elevate his uh, star power. Lucha House Party beat Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. The kooky thing about this was that it went to commercial break, but then when WWE came back from commercial, the match was starting. You didn't see the competitors' entrances or anything. You just jumped back from commercial and poof, this match is happening, and this was weird to me. I thought I missed something and apparently I'm not the only one that thought this was weird but everybody else co-signed it on Twitter everybody else co-signed it on social media that this was weird to them that this match started and that this match wasn't even announced or anything this was like a poof here's a match for you anyway after the match Shelton Benjamin was assaulted verbally by Cedric Alexander Cedric grabbed the mic and he told Shelton, I understand why MVP kicked us both out of the Hurt Business, and he had to stop and backtrack on what he said. No, I understand why they kicked you out of the Hurt Business. You were slowing them down. You were the weak link of the Hurt Business. And he told them that since they're done with you... I'm done with you. And he calls Shelton basically an old man. He's lost his step. He doesn't know anything. He's give, He was giving mad opportunities in the past when he was a young guy. But now since he's an old man, his time is done. That led to a backstage interview with Shelton Benjamin and he told the interviewer that he sees why uh, Cedric is upset. But he told him that He's only going to take so much of that disrespect because he has seen so many young guys come and go in this business. And the reason why he has been able to sustain so long and he being Shelton Benjamin has been able to sustain so long in this business because he's known how to adapt and evolve with this. He's been here for so long and he's seen so many people come and go. Those people do not know how to evolve or do anything. Me, I do. So, Cedric needs to watch himself before he becomes another fizzle light in this business. That was Shelton Benjamin's retort to Cedric Alexander later in the night. And Andrew Garza beat Drew Gulak by pinfall. It was a gimme match for just the fans just to watch something. Um... Oh, yeah. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax beat Naomi and Lana to retain the women's tag team titles. And in the main event, Lashley defeated Braun Strowman, but with assistance from Drew McIntyre, because Drew McIntyre distracted Braun Strowman. And that allowed Lashley to hit uh, Braun with the spear and then get the pin. And then after the match, Drew came in and Claymore kicked Bobby and Braun Strowman so in the main so at the end of the night the last image that you saw was Drew McIntyre standing over both Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Now on the NXT the first match of the night was Isaiah Swerve Scott beating Leon Ruff in a false count anywhere match. But Leon Ruff was beaten by two men Swerve Scott and also a guy named AJ. AJ is a wrestler who is now debuting on NXT, but if you've been watching A&E's, uh, WWE's um, Hidden Treasures, I will say, because this is basically WWE's trying to open up a museum, and they're trying to grab memorabilia that the wrestlers once wore, and they're trying to put this in their museum, and they have this guy, AJ, who is now with Swerve Scott, traveling with, WWE Hall of Famers to try to retrieve these memorabilia pieces from other wrestling collectors. Anyway, that's where AJ comes from. I'm just going to give you some backstory on AJ. But anyway, AJ helped Isaiah Sir Scott to beat Leon Ruff in this false Count Anywhere match. So, there you go. Isaiah beat Leon Ruff. Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory interrupted William Regal's and Scarlett uh, meeting in his office and that upset Will Real and he had told and that made Will Real to make this match for next week. It'll be Carrying Cross going against Austin Theory. Anyway, going on. Cameron Grimes defeated Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry is a guy that worked for Evolve before Evolve was defunct and defunct in wrestling's terms, it went belly up. It's gone. So, there it is for that. I don't know Austin Theory. Not Austin Theory. Uh Anthony Henry's new name. Cause now he signed up into WWE WWE. I don't know his new name, but I just know him as Anthony Henry. So until I know his new name, I'm just gonna call Anthony Henry. Uh Champa and Timothy Thatcher defeated Grizzly Young Veterans. Timothy Thatcher was thrown the boot by Champa and Thatcher hit Gibson with the shoe, and that allowed, uh, them that allowed Thatcher to lock in the submission to make, uh, Gibson Zach Gibson tap out. So that's how Champa and Timothy Thatcher beat Grizzly Young Veterans. Karen Cross came out for a uh, in-ring promo, and as he's talking, he talked about how he makes. The decisions who he goes against. He's not afraid of anybody. People in the back are afraid of him. And as he's talking, he's interrupted by Kyle Riley. Kyle O'Reilly tells him that he's not afraid of him. And he's been warning this match for a minute. And then after he says this, Pete Dunne comes out. And Pete Dunne tells him that, I don't, I'm don't. i not afraid of you carrying Kyle O'Reilly. You're pish posh. Nobody wants to see this. I don't care if people want to see it. I'm next in line. And the Finn Balor comes out and he tells Pete Dunn that he's been there, done that, meaning that he's beaten him. You're in the battle. You're behind me. He looks at Kyler Riley, he tells him, been there, done that twice, meaning that I've beaten you twice. You're behind me. And then he tells Karrion Cross, You, I've been there. I haven't done that. Meaning that I mean you have fought. I did not beat you. So he wants to go against Karrion Cross next. So this led to a good four-man stare-down, and it ended up in a brawl, as you would think, and it does. And the last man in the ring was Karrion Cross in the ring. But, to Karrion's surprise, he got jumped from behind by Johnny Gargano and Anthony, not Anthony, God, Austin Theory. And they laid out Karrion Cross. So you can see there's going to be a lot of wrestlers being put into the main event spot for this NXT title. And that's interesting for NXT because you got so many people. Kyle O'Reilly is still technically feuding with Adam Cole and then you have Pete Dunne who's not doing anything so you can throw him into the main event while you got Finn Balor who's just came back from his uh vacation and now he's wanting his NXT title back from Carrion and now you got Johnny Gargano who is the uh, NXT North American Champion. But you can see he has his eyes on a bigger prize. So you're throwing in all these guys into the main event slot for NXT. So you're giving NXT fans a lot to chew and think about for months to come. For months to come. The next thing that happened was Saray beat Zeta Ramir. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. Uh, By Pinfall, it was a good back-and-forth match. It's basically the new upcomer, Saray. Well, the new signee, Saray, basically being the new upcomer. It was a good match, and that's all I can say about that. LA Knight defeated Jake Atlas. Legado Del Fantasma did an in-ring promo. They talked about how they are all going to be draped in gold. Santos Escobar talked about how he is going to be win back his Cruiserweight Championship from Kashida, while Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde talked about how they are going to beat MSK to win the NXT Tag Team Championships, and while doing so, they were interrupted by Kashida. Kashida issued a challenge to Santos Escobar for next week for the Cruiserweight title, and Santos accepted. So next week on NXT, you will have a two out of three falls match. For the Cruiserweight title, it will be Santos Escobar versus Kushida. And in the main event of... Oh, let me backtrack. You have Mercedes Martinez and Raquel Gonzalez have a interview, but basically a face-off interview. And this is basically hyping up their next week's match for the NXT Women's title. So next week, you'll have two championship matches. It'll be Mercedes Martinez going against Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship, and also Kushida versus Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship in a two out of three falls match. And in the main event of this week's episode of NXT, it was Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell beating um, Shashi Blackheart and Ember Moon to win the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, and this was a no-disqualification street fight match. I'm sorry. It was a street fight, not just a no-disqualification, but a street fight. They used tables, they used ladders, they used chairs, and they used Kindle sticks, to my belief. But it was a good match, and now The Way has now the Women's Tag Team Championships, and they have the North American Championship. Right now, they're doing good. They're only missing the women's title, and then they're missing the NXT championships. Right now, they got two out of five because I don't see nobody going at the Cruiserweight title, so there you go. Uh AEW, you had Jon Moxley and Eddie Kingston beat Omega and Nakazawa. And then after the match... Kingston and Moxley were ambushed by Gallows, Anderson, and the Young Bucks. So that's setting up possibly Moxley and Kingston to go after the Young Bucks for their AEW champion, uh, AEW Tag Team Championships. Sorry. Yeah, had Cody beating QT Marshall by submission. And then after the match, you had Anthony Ogogo hit Cody... In the gut. And that drop Cody. And then you had Anthony agogo cover Cody in the British flag. So you can see that they're hyping up Anthony agogo going against Cody somewhere down the line. I want to see how that works. Cody seems like the guy that, okay, if you want to test yourself in AEW, throw him the Cody. Let's see how he does with Cody. That's Cody's part, his... That's where Cody Rhodes is placed right now, until they finally figure out a way how to put Cody Rhodes back in that main event slot. I understand Cody doesn't want to be in the main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, but I see them doing it just to make all the other fans happy because it'll be a feel-good moment because Cody was denied the opportunity in WWE, so now in AEW, he'll be given that shot to at least roam with the ball and see what you can do with it. I see that happening somewhere down the line, but we just got to make that happen. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page were interviewed up in the rafters, but then Darby Allen attacked both of them, but he failed to complete his mission of laying them both out because Scorpio Sky ends up attacking Darby Allen with a trash can, and in the midst of that, Darby Allen is now laid out on the floor and now Ethan Page grabs up Darby Allen and he yells at him, tells him, I don't care about staying, I don't care about you, I'm after your TNT Championship, that title is mine. And then he th- kind of throws Darby Allen down concrete stairs and boy did it look brutal. I'm not sure. There's only so much you can do to protect yourself in professional wrestling, but getting to throw down some stairs, one hurts, but getting to throw down some concrete stairs, dude, I don't, I'm not, I understand Darby Allen likes to do his thing, but he needs to kind of a little bit pull back on that. I'm just saying that. Look brutal. Uh, The next match. Britt Baker defeated a scrub by the name of Julia Hart. No disrespect, I'm just saying you're a scrub on AEW. That's all I'm getting at here. Uh, she defeated her by submission by locking her in the lock jaw. And there you have it for that. SCU beat the Varsity Blondes, Jurassic Express, in the acclaim to be now the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Championships. And next week, you will have the Young Bucks going against SCU for the tag team titles. And remember the stipulation, if F C U does not win this next match, they will disband as a tag team in AEW and possibly in Professor wrestling. Right now, the stipulation that SCU placed on themselves was, if they don't win their next tag team match, they're going to disband as a tag team. So there you go. It's do or die time for SCU next week on AEW Dynamite. Kenny Omega, he had a segment um after this match. He came out to hype the fans up because after, his, after Kenny Omega's segment, it was supposed to be time for the Blood and Guts match, which I will get into that next. And Kenny Omega came out because Tony Schiavone was announcing that next week on AEW, it will be a number one contenders match between Pac and Orange Cassidy. The winner of that match will be going against Kenny Omega at AEW's Double or Nothing. Kenny was discouraged when he found out that Orange Cassidy would be in the match. I will not say discouraged. He was like, okay, this is a joke. We all know that Pac's gonna win this. It's gonna be myself versus Pac. Hurry up and just make the match so we can do this. And then Orange Cassidy came out comes out and he just stares Kenny down, but he doesn't stare Kenny down like with the intense. He just stares him down with like the lazy look. But he has the glasses on. He gives off lazy, personified in his demeanor. Kenny Omega doesn't take him serious. He tells him, okay, maybe about a good ten years. But Right now, I don't see you nowhere next to my level, kid. And he grabs uh Orange Cassidy's sunglasses and he puts it on Michael Nakazawa, who is wearing all of Kenny Omega's other championship gold. While Kenny Omega's wearing the AEW world title around his waist, Michael Nakazawa is wearing the AAA Mega Championship, the Impact Championship, and the TNA title. So, Nak is basically Kenny Omega's Walking trophy case. There you go with that. After this segment, you had Miro come out, and Miro announced that next week it will be him versus Darby Allen for the TNT championship. And he had a letter which was signed, and it stated that if Darby Allen is not able to compete, Darby Allen will forfeit. Miro said, I'm not taking nothing by forfeit. Darby Allen is showing up next week. Well, about hookah by crook, Darby Allen is showing up next week, and I'm going to put him in the game over and I will be walking out the TNT Championship. That was Miro's declare declaration. So next week I can't wait to see that one because that's gonna be a real interesting match. I mean Darby Allen in his title reign has a win against anybody with the experience of television time as Miro and also the power game as Miro. So it's going to be interesting to see how an injured, hurt Darby Allen will fare against a mad and upset Miro next week for the TNT Championship. I can't wait for that. And then, now, you got to the Blood and Guts match, a.k.a. War Games, old school War Games, from WCW-NWA era. That means two rings together and then two steel cages right there alongside the ring. And they have a top on top of that steel cage. And now you have the pinnacle going against the inner circle. And to start the match off for the pinnacle, it was Dax Hardwood. And to start the match off for the inner circle, it was Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara lasted five minutes with Dax until Sean Spears came in. And Sean Spears came in with a steel chair. And then you had to wait another five minutes. And then somebody from the inner circle came in. And this time from the inner circle, it was Ortiz. And then five minutes came out. Then Cash. And then another five minutes, Santana. And then another five minutes, Warlow. And another five minutes, uh, Jake Hager, and in another five minutes, MJF, and another five minutes, Chris Jericho. Everybody just sprawled. It was a bloodbath. You had a lot of people on the pinnacle bleeding. You had Dax Hardwood bleeding. You had Cash bleeding. You had MJF bleeding. You, Sean Spears and Wardlow both did not bleed. That was, I mean, okay, that's cool. They didn't bleed. Nobody in the circle, hold up, I need to correct myself. I believe Sammy Guevara, nope, Sammy Guevara didn't bleed. Ortiz and Santana didn't bleed. Hager didn't bleed, but Chris Jericho did bleed towards the end of the match. This was a good match, a good straight-up just brawl. They used everything they can in the steel cage. As a matter of fact, they start even tearing apart one of the rings and disposing the wood on the ring. They use everything they can in this match. The ending conclusion of this match was MJF gets out of the ring because Tully Blanchard ends up unlocking their side of the door of the cage and MJF climbs up the cage. Chris Jericho gets out of the ring and he climbs up the cage. So now you have MJF and Chris Jericho on top of the cage. And Chris Jericho puts MJF in the Lion Tamer which is basically the walls of Jericho. And AKA regular basic terminology, the Boston Crab. If you don't know what it is, look it up on YouTube. Chris Jericho has MGF in the Lion Tamer, and then MGF is able to hit Chris Jericho with a low blow. And then MGF pulls the AEW Dynamite ring out of his tights. He hits Chris Jericho in the face. When he does this that busts open Chris Jericho, and now Chris Jericho is bleeding. MJF looks at the entrance ramp. He looks at it, and then he looks at Jericho. And in that moment, you can understand, okay, he's about to throw Jericho off, which he implies and he tells the Inner Circle members, you better surrender or I'm going to throw Chris Jericho off this stage. He off the cell, and he's yelling this out to them. I'll do it. I swear to God, I'll do it. And you just hear the inner circle members yell out, don't you do it, don't you do it. And Sammy Guevara has to yell and say, all right, we surrender, we surrender. And you hear the bell go off, and you hear Justin Roberts announce that the pinnacle has won uh, blood and guts. And you get this brief moment that MJF isn't going to throw Chris Jericho off the cage. Which, in reality, that was only a fake-off. Because he throws Chris Jericho off the cage through the stage. Now, let me talk about this for a minute. Whenever Chris Jericho got threw off the cage, onto the stage, well, through the stage. You saw from the camera angle, when Chris Jericho fell Through the stage, you saw him hit a crash pad with um, the AEW like stage form, stage platform. Uh, Some flaky, not flaky, but like some wooden flakable panels coming up that was supposed to like match and hide the the crash pad and blend in with the entrance uh, platform and ramp and everything else. Whenever the camera angle pans over, not pans over when Chris Jericho falls down and hits it, they shoot it from a camera angle that catches him crashing in, and you see the crash pad right there, and then you see the wood, uh, flake of uh, wood bendable panels pop up, and I like I looked at like, oh no, that was a bad camera shot. They should have shot it from above where MJF threw him off. They should have already tested that out but then again aew is still a new company there will be trials and error people were dragging us on twitter and you even had wrestlers in wwe commenting like subliminal shots on it because throughout this week you had fans tweeting about how aew did a piss poor job at hiding it and you had some fans commenting on the people that were Tearing down AEW for not doing a better camera angle shots. I'm going to just give my two cents on this. Ha. Get it? I believe that the camera angle should have been better. They should have shot it from above. Not from, okay, You're the cameraman's on the panel and you shoot it from whenever he falls down to, onto the crash pad. That shouldn't have ever happened. It should have shot it from above. And even, you can see it on Twitter. Um... Certain people were able to get the video and you can see that how they should have shot it better and they even played off different as, as the, uh, program is ending. You see the, they show alternate angle shots of how Chris Jericho fell from the cage to the crash pad. Well, to the entrance ramp, you see it. They should have went with the other camera angle. Somebody in the production truck should have saw, okay, and and we're going to go with this camera, pan to this one now. These are the little nuances that WWE has mastered over years, and they still fumble to this day on certain elements and certain procedures when it's time for it. But boy, does WWE get it right whenever it is time time, like big time game time to get it done. AEW had an opportunity for this with the Blood and guts match. But, yet again, this is still a new company. We've got to roll with the punches. As a wrestling fan, I love to see wrestling throughout this whole week. AEW just got to work on when to shoot it from a precise camera angle. That's all i got to say for that. There was nothing really to really piss on it. You just got to critique it when you critique it. AEW gets it. AEW is no exception. I do love both products. I love all professional wrestling, but guess what? When it's time to be critiqued, you will be criticized and critiqued by anybody and everybody. That's what happens. You just gotta deal with it. But let's not gloss over. Blood and Guts, great match. Pinnacle beat the Inner Circle by Surrender. Now on to Impact Wrestling results. Chris Saban ends up beating Rana to advance to the six-man uh, number one contender's match at Under Siege. Taylor Wilde beats Susan by pinfall. Trey Miguel beat Rohit Raju to advance to Under Siege in the six-man number one contender uh, match. Doc Gallows beat Juice Robinson by pinfall. El Fantasma beats VSK by pinfall. Rachel Ellering beats Kiara Hogan by pinfall. And Moose beats James Storm to advance to Under Siege um, in the number one contenders match, and before the this program is ended, I'm going to give off my predictions to both Under Siege and WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Now to SmackDown results, Cesaro beats Rollins by pinfall, and before the match began, Teddy Long comes out because this is a throwback SmackDown. Teddy Long comes out and he tells Cesaro that he was given the authority that if Cesaro beats Rollins tonight, he will get a shot at Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash for the Universal title. Cesaro beats Rollins thanks to Jimmy Uso super kicking Seth Rollins. Let me backtrack again because I missed one important detail that basically covers all of SmackDown, the big point. The beginning opening thing of SmackDown was Roman Reigns comes out with Paul Heyman and Jey Uso. Roman Reigns tells the WWE audience that he got rid of Daniel Bryan. He's gone. He's away. I gave you people what you wanted, and I gave Daniel Bryan what he wanted. And don't need to fret. I've already replaced Daniel Bryan with somebody else, and out comes Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso has been sidelined for about a year now, so now he's back as an active wrestler on the main roster, he comes in the ring, he hugs his brother Jay, he daps up Roman, and he daps up Paul Heyman, and then you get Cesaro coming out to interrupt this, and as Cesaro is interrupting, then you get Seth Rollins blasting him from behind the head, and then you get the Cesaro versus, uh, Seth Rollins match. After Cesaro beats Rollins, they go to commercial, and they come back for commercial. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are talking. Seth Rollins is upset, and he tells Roman, "Listen, me and you have had our ups and downs. Me and you have fought one another, but your person." Comes back and he cost me my match against Cesaro. You need to handle this. Roman tells him, thanks to you, you failed. Now you have me solving your problems now. Because you failed to put away Cesaro. But don't worry about it. I'll take care of him because that's what I do. And when it comes down to my family, I'll take care of that too. Seth tells him, okay then, we're good. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't handle him, I'm going to handle him. And him being Jimmy Uso. He was giving Roman a basically a warning. To handle Jimmy Uso or Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins is going to do it. Roman Reigns um, tells Jimmy that, listen, I brought you back here and he hasn't... Been nothing but like 18 minutes and you screw up already. Me and your brother, we had a good operation. We were doing our thing and you come back and now you screw it up. Jimmy has to stop him in his track and strike Tell him, Listen, I'm not like Jay. I'm not a punk. I'm not going to be a whipping boy for you. You're not going to talk down to me. And he leaves out. Jay looks at Roman. Roman looks at Jay and Roman tells him, you better handle that. Jake leaves the room, and now he's going to go after his brother to talk to him. The match that you have after this segment was Carmella beating Ruby Riot by submission. It was basically a throwaway match. They go to commercial They come back from commercial. Bailey has a segment, and she's talking about all the past women's champions and how she's better than them, and then Bianca Belair comes out. They talk a little bit, but Bianca ends up brawling with... Bailey Bailey gets the upper hand and in the end of the segment you have Bailey standing over Bianca Belair they go to commercial They come back from commercial Jimmy and Jay are talking backstage Jimmy tells Jay that he had a whole lot of time to reflect while he was injured and he says I've been watching you be that guy for Roman it seems to me Roman needs you a lot more than you need him You have been his whipping boy. You have, thanks to you, Roman is the universal champion. Without you, Roman wouldn't be champion. And he tells him, listen, we are the best tag team on this planet. Why don't we go back to being a tag team and let's dominate it. Jay is now conflicted, but he tells him, listen, we're Roman is family too. Roman is the head of the table. He's the universal champion. We are all dominant together. And now you're still leading to Jay and Jimmy having some inner turmoil conflict. But that's usually what brothers do. That's how they played it off right now. After this segment got done, you had Dominic going against Dolph Ziggler. And Dominic ends up beating Dolph Ziggler by pinfall. You go back. To another segment now. Roman Reigns tells Paul Heyman to get his cousin. Paul looks at Roman and tells him which cousin. Roman gets a disgusted looking face. And he looks at Paul and Paul sees his face. And Paul starts shaking and he's like, I know which cousin to get. I'm on it. And now it goes to commercial. Comes back for commercial. Tamina is going against Reginald. But it ends in a DQ because Shayna throws Tamina off the top rope and Shayna and Naya put the boots to Tamina and Natalya to set up their match for next week. It will be Naya Jax and Shayna Baszler going against Tamina and Natalya for the Women's Championship on SmackDown. In the main event, you had Team Cruz, which was Apollo Cruz, Alpha Academy, which consists of Chad Gable and Otis, Sami Zayn, and King Corbin going against Team Big E. And Team Big E, it was Big E, the Street Profits, Kevin Owens, and Nakamura. King Corbin pins Nakamura to get the win for Team Cruz. The final segment on SmackDown was Roman comes out to the ring with Himself, Jay, and Paul, they call Jimmy out to the ring. Roman tells him that, listen, you have to relax. You have to be with this family. I'm the big man. Your brother is the right-hand man to the big man. You got to just know your role. Jimmy basically plays the footage of Hell in the Cell. In, at Hell in the Cell, it was Roman going against jimmy not jimmy jay in a hell in a cell i quit match roman puts jay in a guillotine choke jay doesn't quit the referee wanted to throw the match out and say because jay isn't quitting he's unresponsive roman doesn't allow that to happen roman's about to beat up on jay some more Jamie comes out and he tells roman what are you doing roman has this Break down. He starts crying in the ring. Jamie tells Roman, "Listen, everything's gonna be all right. Whatever you're going through, we're gonna fix this." And then Roman sucks him in, guillotines him, and that leads to Jay waking up and saying, "Okay, I quit." That was the flashback at that happened at Hell in a Cell. Jimmy plays that on the big Titantron just to bring that back into Roman and Jay's fresh memory. Roman tells him, that's what you're upset about? You're upset that I had to do that? He tells Jimmy, listen, get down with me, or you're going to have to go back home and explain to your family and your kids why you are home and why you are not here with myself and the Uso. And he's calling out Jay the Uso. Jimmy gets out of the ring. He's walking up the ramp. Jay Goes right behind him and tells him, listen, Jay, you just got to acknowledge him. Trust me, everything will get better. Believe me. And as Jay is talking to Jimmy on the ramp, Cesaro comes from the announcer's style area and he attacks Roman from behind. And you see Roman getting uh, uppercutted in the corners and then Jay runs into the ring to try to save Roman That comes to a fail. Cesaro's overpowering Jay. Jimmy runs into the ring to save his brother from Cesaro. That fails. He ends up eating an alley-oop uppercut, which is basically Roman, not Roman, Cesaro throwing uh, Jimmy Uso up in the air and catching him with an uppercut to the jaw. The ending segment of the last picture that you see on SmackDown was Cesaro standing on... Well, Cesaro walking up the ramp and he laid out the Samoan dynasty, Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso and Jey Uso. That's how SmackDown ends this week. Right, New Japan. This week was funky because uh, they don't have weekly episodes. They don't have weekly like shows like WWE and AEW. Have They have like, okay, we have like our big pay-per-views or big shows that we have. In this time around, it was Wrestling Dantaku. And they had it on a Monday and a Tuesday. They usually never have it on a Monday and Tuesday. Big shows are usually like on Saturdays and Sundays. But anyway, the biggest thing to come out of Wrestling Dantaku was Jay White beating Hiroshi Tanahashi. For the Never Openweight Championship. And now Jay White is the only man in New Japan history to be a quadruple champion. Jay has won the Intercontinental title. The United States Championship. The Heavyweight title. And now the Never Openweight Championship. Jay is the man technically when it comes down to like being like a big history maker. He's now going to become like the big main guy. While in the big main event, you had Will Ospreay retaining the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Shingo Tagagi. There was a great classic match. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up on YouTube or look it up on New Japan World. It's a great match. You'll love it. If you never watch wrestling, just trust me, you'll... Watch that match and you'll love it. Now, my predictions for the Under Siege pay-per-view, which will happen next Saturday on the 15th, is I am choosing Omega and the Good Brothers to beat Eddie Edwards in Finjuice, Sammy Callahan to win the six-man number one contenders match, and the other participants of this match are Chris Bay, Moose, Trey Miguel, Matt Cardona, and there's one more other guy. God, did I say Chris Sabin? I believe so. If not, uh, it doesn't really even matter because I'm picking Sammy Callahan to win the match. I named you like the guys, in this thing. Um, I'm picking Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering to beat. Tasha Steeles, and Kiara Hogan to retain the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. I'm picking W. Morsey, formerly known as Big cats in WWE, to beat Willie Mack, and I'm picking Brian Myers to beat Black Taurus. That is my predictions for Under Siege. Now for my predictions for WWE Backlash. I'm picking Bobby Lashley to retain the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. I'm picking Bianca Belair to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship over Bailey. I'm picking Charlotte Flair to beat Asuka and Rhea Ripley to win the Raw Women's Championship. I'm picking Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio to beat Dolph and Robert Roode to win the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. And I'm picking Roman Reigns to beat Cesaro to retain the Universal Championship. That's my predictions. You'll hear if I was right or wrong next Monday, and I'm gonna give you the date on that right now. May sixteenth. May sixteenth is whenever you'll hear my wrestling edition of my two cents podcast because pay per views are happening on a Saturday and a Sunday. So you'll hear uh, my you'll hear my portion of the wrestling highlights. That Monday instead of the usual Saturdays. Because usually. Whenever no pay-per-views are happening. You'll hear my wrestling highlights on a Saturday. But whenever pay-per-views do happen. That make of a big variety. You'll hear about my. You'll hear about the episodes on a Monday. So. Just to give you guys future references. If you haven't been paying attention. I'm just going to keep you guys caught caught up with it. And now time for my social media handles twitter at my two podcast or if you want to search it up completely the whole way without the at it's my two cents podcast all one word instagram my two cents podcast g2 and for business inquiries it's my two cents pod at yahoo.com i'll say it again my two cents pod at yahoo.com and with all these whenever i say two you don't put TWO. you actually put the number two in on these things now with all that being said this has been the wrestling highlights of the week i want to thank all you guys for listening to my wrestling highlights of the week i want to thank you for just giving up a little bit of your time just to listen to me and with that being said you'll hear my wrestling highlights of the week for next week on the 16th of May. And stay. And not going to say stay tuned. Tomorrow. Sunday. Mother's Day. I have a special Mother's Day episode. Lined up. Just just to let people know. Pay attention. Watch out for it. Alright. This has been Gerald Garrett G2. For My Two Cents Podcast. I want to thank you. And pay attention tomorrow. For the Mother's Day episode. And with that being said. Goodbye.